Welcome to Profit and Prosper, a podcast for entrepreneurs who are ready to make some money while doing what they love. On this podcast, we're going to pull back the curtain and talk about all things business and money, but I promise you this is not your typical boring numbers talk. I'm your host, Sarah Young, a CPA and CFO with over a decade of experience in finance, business, and leadership. I'm going to share everything I've learned from helping my clients grow more profitable businesses and keep more of what they earn while growing my own successful business along the way. You'll feel empowered and confident that you too can grow your wealth, live a rich life, and have an impact. Stick with me and you might even start to think that finance is fun. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back for episode three, where I am going to use my business and my experience as a case study for how to use a profit strategy to grow your business and get beyond 10K months. And hopefully you will get an understanding of why it is helpful to put intention behind your financial goals that you have in your business, instead of just sitting back and hoping that things all magically work out. Okay. So one day last October, October of 2021, I posted this post on Instagram because I had a realization one day that my life was so much easier because I had grown beyond 10K months. So I posted this on Instagram and the feedback that I got from people was just insane. I think a lot of people resonated with the things that I said. So I want to dive deeper into this idea and talk about the things that I did and how my day-to-day life changed for the better once I grew my business. Because I think that, you know, on the one hand, when we start our businesses, this goal of getting to 100K a year, six figures, which is about $8,000 a month in revenue, or 10K months, which is about $120,000 in revenue, This is sort of the standard goal that everybody shoots for. And they say, oh, cool, I'm going to grow my business. I'm going to be so successful when I get to six figures. But what I find is that 10K a month maintaining that is actually hard for a lot of people. They feel burned out. They're hustling all the time. I just feel like 10K months is this sort of tricky in-between stage of business where you are big enough to be busy all the time, but not quite big enough to fully implement the structures that you need to make your life easy and to reach this vision that we talked about in episode two. I also think it's sort of counterintuitive to think that your business might actually be easier to run when it gets bigger, but I'm going to talk about why that is the case for me And I'll use some client examples too, as we go through to show you why I think this is the case. Okay. So why is it that 10 K months is not all sunshine and rainbows? Let me break down a few numbers to help you understand why you might be feeling burned out at this level of revenue. So let's say your main offering is a thousand dollars to get to a 10 K month. You have got to sell 10 of those every month you probably are going to have to get on the phone with 20 people every month to make sales calls, which ends up being about five per week. 
If your calls are 30 to 60 minutes long, that is three to five hours per week, just in sales calls every single week. Then you got to add in marketing time, social media time, all the things you need to do to keep the leads coming in. You got to add in admin time, bookkeeping, fixing IT stuff. And then I haven't even gotten to the client part, right? Client onboarding, doing the, the service or providing the product, offboarding, all of this, right? I could go on. After you do all these things, do you have the time left in your day to be the CEO of your business, let alone live your life, right? If we think about the numbers, I like to use the Profit First breakdown. Um, if you have not read the book Profit First, I always recommend that you read it. Um, it doesn't necessarily always fit perfectly to every business owner's business model, but it's a really good starting point for how to think about managing your money. So in the book Profit First, he uses a breakdown of taking 50% of your revenue as owner pay, 15% as tax money, 30% as expenses, and 5% as profit. And here's what I'll say. I have definitely seen a handful of business owners who do keep their expenses to 30% or less, but they're generally not the ones who are at 10K months. Many, many, many business owners I see, their expenses are more like 60 to 70% of their revenue, okay? So I'm still gonna use this breakdown just as an example of what an optimal scenario might be if you were at a 10K month. So under this breakdown, you would be able to pay yourself $5,000 a month, you would have $1,500 a month to set aside for taxes. You would have $3,000 a month for expenses and then $500 left over for profit. Okay. Let me ask you this. 5K a month in owner pay or 60K a year. I have met very few business owners who are satisfied with that as their pay goal. Is 5K a month worth the time and energy you have to put in to maintain a 10K month? You have to answer that for yourself. I would say a lot of people would probably say no. I think there are people who say, you know what, 5K a month would be great. I can live off of that. And that's great. For me personally, for me to do things like create an investment fund to invest in businesses, to buy a lake house, to leave a legacy for my son, 5K a month is not enough. So I'm thinking bigger and thinking, how can I bring in more than 5K a month? Then let's look at the expense bucket. $3,000 a month in expenses. At $3,000 a month, you've probably got software costs. You've probably got office supplies, job supplies. Maybe you've got to travel. You probably have some overhead that automatically takes money out of that 3K a month. And then what you're left with is probably enough to hire a part-time person, probably. I would be shocked if you could take that money and hire a full-time person. And hiring a part-time person is great, but when I hired a part-time person, I was still left with so much of the work in my business um, because hiring one part-time person just isn't enough, was not enough for me personally to be able to outsource the things and have the time that I wanted in my business. So let me go back to the day that I realized that my life was easier when I got past 10K months. So it was October, 2021. It was a random Wednesday. I woke up that morning and at the time he was about a year and a half old. I realized I had gotten a text from our nanny. She wasn't coming in that day. She was sick. 
and my husband had pretty much back-to-back meetings all day, could not take care of Jackson. He just couldn't. So I was going to have to basically step up and watch him all day. So I had to reshuffle my day around, you know, cancel, move meetings, basically just commit to not working except for maybe a little bit during his nap time. And it ended up being fine. I remember sitting there, we went to the park, we were sitting outside at our house. And I just remember having this epiphany of like, you know what? I'm not stressed out today. Why am I not stressed out? Because Sarah from, I'd say early 2021, back in 2020, anytime I had a day like that happen, I was stressed beyond measure. (laughs) Like I was freaking out the whole day. I would have had to catch up working nights all week, working the weekend all the time, right? To be able to catch up on my workload. And I realized the difference was my revenue had increased at that point to about 25, 30K a month. And I was able to have the money to implement support systems in my business that allowed me to take that time out of my business, okay? So we'll dive deeper into that in a second. But the point that I want to make is this. Don't fall for the trap of thinking that 10K per month is the right goal for you. Don't fall for the trap of thinking that once you finally scale to six figures, all of your problems are going to go away. I have seen business owners who are healthier and happier making 6K a month in revenue, um, able to put more money in their pocket on 6K a month in revenue because they have optimized their pricing, they've optimized their packages, and they keep their overhead super low. And they're able to execute on that without a ton of stress. And they're able to live their life this way. So My point is, I just want you to put some intention behind your financial goals and make sure that you are setting the right revenue goal for your business and not just setting the goal that sounds good for everybody else. And it all just depends on the answers to the things we've talked about in the previous episodes, right? How do you want your life to be? What do you want it to look like? And thinking about what systems you need to put in place, what support do you need to make these things happen? Are you ready to change your money story this year and feel confident about your next moves to create more profit and cash flow in your business? You've probably already thought about your business goals for the upcoming year, but I don't want you to forget the financial side of things. How can you make sure that you are taking action on the areas where you'll see the most immediate, biggest impact on your bottom line? Because having a wealth generating, profitable and resilient business doesn't happen by accident you need to take intentional steps toward creating more profit. That's why I created my totally free financial review workbook. In it, I will walk you through how to assess your business's financial picture with no math required, how to think big picture about what worked and what didn't with your finances in the last year, and how to identify your next three money moves to make in the upcoming year. To get your free workbook, visit the link in the show notes or go to trustyoungco.com forward slash review and be on your way to a more profitable and aligned business. So what changed for me that day that I realized was at a higher revenue level, I was able to afford a team. So at that point, I had a part-time person that started in early 2021 
that I had increased to full-time. I had hired another part-time accountant. And then in October, I had just hired another full-time CPA higher level person who was able to manage my other team members. And so at that point, I had found a sweet spot where I was able to have the team execute on really all of the day-to-day client service work. And I was able to just be the CFO for my clients. And this was a brand new feeling for me. And I was not personally able to do that when I had one employee or even um, you know, a full-time and a part-time employee because I was at that point spending more time managing the two and reviewing all of their work that it still wasn't quite enough for me to um, get there, okay? So I could afford a team. That was huge, has been really huge for me. And it is a really huge game changer for all of my clients that I've seen when they're able to not just hire one part-time person in their business, but really hire like somebody to manage the operations for them and take that day-to-day stuff off of their plate. You can spend so much more time being the CEO and taking care of yourself and spending time with the year and a half old in my case, right? The other thing that changed is I got really comfortable with my sales and marketing plan. So throughout 2021, I spent a lot of time and I invested my own money into figuring out how to turn up my sales and marketing game so that I could be confident in knowing when I do these things, I get customers, I get sales, okay? When I was at eight to 10K a month, I was really still at that point trying to scramble and figure out where my sales going to come from every month. I hadn't quite figured it out yet. And so it took some of the extra money from increasing my revenue to invest back into systems, figuring out how do I solidify my sales pipeline? How do I solidify my marketing plan? So I definitely got help here, but it helped me get to the point where at the time, like I said, I had gotten to 25 to 30K per month in revenue, and I have used the same exact things to get my business even beyond that, okay? The next thing I realized is I had space to come up with new ideas. So for the reasons I've said, I had a team, I wasn't stressing about sales and marketing all the time. I was just executing on my plan. I had space to come up with new ideas. I had space to take time off work and have it not be a big deal um, because I had implemented all of these things that created more time in my schedule that I was then able to use for higher level activities, which in turn reduced my overall stress levels. And even since October, it has continued to compound on itself. So even now it's February, 2022, I'm in an even better place than I was back then because I continued to use that extra space to come up with new ideas for my business, to spend time taking care of myself so that I feel even better. And in turn, I'm able to be more effective at my job, right? The last thing too I realized is at a higher revenue level, I can pay myself more. So I'll go back to the example from before, right? If you had 10K in revenue, you're able to pay yourself. If you use a 50% of revenue, you're able to pay yourself 5K a month. When I got to 25, 30K a month, right? According to the same math, I can pay myself 12 to 15K a month. Now I will caveat, I actually did not, and I have not, 
for a few months because I have specifically reserved some money to invest in other things in my business because I have big plans for 2022, right? But I have that capacity, I have the cash flow coming in that drastically reduces my stress levels, right? So all of these things combined have resulted in me being able to counterintuitively have a bigger business, like literally three times the business that I had before, but feel better and feel more ease. Now, I want to spend the rest of this episode talking about how I created my own strategy and the things that I put into place to enable all of this. All right. So going back to the profit strategy, one of the first things I did in early, I would say late Q1 into Q2 of 2021 was I spent some time on stabilizing first. Where did you hear me talk about stability, y'all? It's in episode one. We talked about the steps to creating a profit strategy. I said, pretty much after you get cash flow positive, you've got to make sure you are creating a stable foundation in your business before you scale. I did that. So I actually, in March, April 2021, I stopped taking on clients for three months. (laughs) Three months, y'all. You absolutely do not have to do this. Um, I just had to personally do that because I had gone through 2020 tax season and a lot of massive, really fast growth in my business. I took on so many new clients from Q4 2020 into Q1 2021 that I was so, so burned out. And I had to pause, stop taking on new clients have my team members just execute on the day-to-day stuff and spend the time that I created in my schedule to create more stability in my business, okay? So I ask people, what would happen to you if you turned up your sales game and five times the customer showed up at your door next week? That's not exactly what happened to me, but I will say I from Q4 to Q1 of that time frame, I did take on about three times the clients and I did not have amazing processes in place. They weren't the worst, but they weren't as good as they are now. And it was hard. If this happens to you, would your business break, right? Or would it run like a well-oiled machine? Even more importantly, would you be able to provide a high quality customer experience? Would you get good feedback from your customers, right? And kind of continuing on financially, are you cash flow positive, right? Are you generating positive cash flow? Are you paying down your debt? Are you saving money? How are you creating a cash cushion for yourself? And are you paying yourself regularly? These are the financial pieces that I talk about having in place. I talked about this in episode one, that you need to make sure you have got under control because if you don't have these systems set up, if you don't have a solid foundation created, I'm going to tell you from my own experience, the wheels will fall off and you're going to have to stop at some point. Whether like me, you did it voluntarily. I think had I not paused taking on clients during that time period, I probably would have been forced to a few months later if I kept adding new clients on. So how can you spend some time creating more stability in your business? Okay. So specifically the things that I spent that time doing, 
the biggest thing I did was I was already cash flow positive, but I spent time on revamping my packages, my service offerings. There are cases um, where I literally 5x my prices during that time frame because I realized that at that point in time, I was undercharging my clients and then over delivering. So I was trying to sign up bookkeeping clients and then force them into accepting my CFO sessions. I wanted them to want the CFO service, but all they really wanted was bookkeeping. And I, you know, some of them took me up on it and I ended up spending a lot of time helping them with these bigger picture things, helping them with taxes, but I was only getting paid to do bookkeeping. And so at that time I realized I had to make a change not to get cash flow positive, but to get more bang for my buck and streamline what I was providing to my clients um, so that I was able to increase my profitability for each client and work with them more closely. At that point in time, I will say I could have made a choice to create a bookkeeping business or expand a bookkeeping business by implementing better boundaries around the services that I provided for my clients. So I could have kept my prices lower and provided bookkeeping. There are plenty of successful bookkeeping businesses out there, but I knew because I knew what I wanted to do and how I wanted to help clients that that was not in line with my goals. And so I didn't do it. I said, you know what? I'm going to stop offering bookkeeping completely. I'm going to three to five times increase my pricing from what I'm currently charging clients. And I'm going to only bring on new clients under my CFO package for a while. And we're going to see how that plays out. And y'all, that was the best thing I ever did was to stop the work, take some time, revamp my packages and come back with a better offer because the clients that I have taken on since increasing my prices, since changing my packages around have been more aligned. They're more of the type of people that I want to talk to on a regular basis. I have more fun with them. They're more invested in what I provide. It just all around is a better experience for everybody involved. And I say this because y'all, I don't get any more pushback than I do when I tell people they need to increase their prices. <laughs> so if you're hearing me talk about increasing my prices, you need to stop and think, what is it in your head that you're hearing? What is your brain telling you as to why it's not possible for you to increase your prices? Okay. Especially for women business owners, I can think of two clients out of dozens, dozens that I have had where I look at their business and I say, you are good. You don't need to raise your prices. I think pretty much everybody else I have seen, I believe that you can either raise your prices, stop charging hourly, start providing more high value work, do something right to get out of this burnout um, mode that I was in for a long time. So I totally feel you. Okay. So that was the first thing I did is create more stability in my business by doing things like revamping my packages and making sure I had solid cash flow in place to fund the next things I needed to invest in in my business later on in 2021. The next thing that I spent time doing, and honestly, I have continued to do this, is I worked on my processes. A lot of times when we have a new CFO client come in, um, 
I see a lot of behind the scenes mess. Their processes are very manual. Their processes are customized to every client. They make exceptions for every client. Financial processes are, you know, they're not using solid financial systems. They're not keeping good track of things that they're spending. Y'all, to create a successful business that you can scale, you have to have processes that are repeatable, processes that are easily documented and delegated to the team members that you are going to hire. Okay. You got to standardize what you do and how you execute it. And if you're hearing me and you're saying, "Mm, I need to provide a custom offer to every client, I'm going to push back and say, but do you, don't they all really want the same outcome? Have you not seen a certain set of things that you keep doing over and over again for these clients? Um, And how can you focus in And instead of trying to get clients who do all of these things, right, all these different service offerings, what if instead you said, you know what, this one offering, this one package that I have, this one product that I have is the one that makes me the money. This is what I'm going to focus in and do more of and let go of the rest. Okay. So you've got to get your processes tight. Good processes are going to result in employees being able to do a better job because they're clear on what to do, how to do it, when to do it, what the standards are, and all of that. They will be happier because when they are not clear on what they're supposed to do for their job, it causes a lot of stress and they're questioning, well, what am I doing here, right? They're going to be happier and they're going to do a better job. And when they are happier and do a better job, your clients, your customers will in turn be happier. They will get a better experience. They will have a better product provided to them, a better service provided to them. And so it's all circular, right? So what do you have to do to standardize your processes from financial processes, sales, marketing, operations, onboarding, client delivery, offboarding. I'm sure I could keep going on, but every process in your business, you know, as you listen to me talk, you know, which ones cause you a headache, right? How can you fix those? Do you need to take a pause in your sales game for even a little bit? It doesn't have to be the three months that I took off, right? (laughs) How can you take a pause to fix these things, because I promise you, you are not going to be able to double or triple your business without having solid processes. The next thing that you need to do is figure out the sales and marketing machine. I have already talked about how when I got to 20, 25, 30K months and beyond, it's because I knew how to make a sale. I knew how to get new leads, right? It is so easy to overspend on marketing. Y'all, I have seen enough clients' financials to know that marketing is one of those areas where business owners tend to say, I'm going to throw lots of money and it's going to work this time, right? And sometimes it does work, but you've got to make sure you're tracking it, right? If you're spending money on ads, you have to make sure that you're getting leads from that and that they're converting, right? You've got to track and say, based on spending $500 in ads, I'm going to get $5,000 in sales, right? If you're only going to get $500 in sales on $500 in ads, that's probably not going to work, right? 
So if you are struggling with your sales and marketing and you're not sure how to fix it, right? This is one area where, yes, I think you need to invest time or money in. But on the flip side, I know it's easy to overspend. And so I have questions that I like to ask people to just help identify like what would be a good investment as I think about sales and marketing, because sales and marketing encompasses so many different areas and channels and ways to bring clients in, right? So again, I'm not a marketing expert, but these are things I thought about, right? So number one, do you know to get to 20K a month, 25, 30, 40, 50, how many packages, how many items do you have to sell to meet your revenue goal? Number one, how many? And then thinking through what's your conversion rate, meaning how many sales you make, how many sales you close divided by the number of sales calls you have, if you are a service-based business or how many people come into your website or your store to buy. This is a metric that we track, that we help our clients track um, for our CFO clients because the conversion rate y'all is so important for them to know Do I need to invest money in increasing the conversion rate? Because if you've got, say, 10 sales calls and you close three, that's a 30% conversion rate for 10, probably 10 hours of time, right? And however much money and time you spend even getting the leads in the first place versus what if you could figure out a way to increase that conversion rate from three to seven, right? That is literally more than double the sales off of doing similar things, a similar time investment, but you have figured out how to increase the conversion rate. I'm not a marketing person, so I'm not here to tell you how to do that. I'm just saying, if this is an issue that you have, you need to track it so that you know this is an area to invest your time or money in, right? And then from there, right, once your conversion rate is there, you know, how many eyeballs do you need on your website to meet your sales goal? How many people do you need to book sales calls in order to meet your sales goal? And are there ways that you can invest in increasing that piece? So as with anything in business, I think it's just important to make sure you're tracking with data. Just like financial numbers, I think some of these sales and marketing pipeline numbers are the most important things you can be tracking in your business to inform whether or not you need to invest into fixing your sales and marketing channel or pipeline. So Back in 2021, in that April to June timeframe, this is something I did invest in. I hired a sales coach. I worked with a marketing person to help me figure out how do I lay out a sales pipeline? How do I optimize my website? We'll test out and see if ads work. We'll test out and optimize Google. We'll figure out other sales channels like email, newsletter messaging, all of that stuff. I got help there because I am not a pro in these areas, okay? So in order to grow, You've got to figure out your sales and marketing pipeline. The last thing that I implemented was hiring more team members, okay? Hiring and payroll, just like marketing, is an area where I see business owners overspend all the time. So you've got to make sure you're doing it right. And the way to do it right is to, one, have tight processes that you can easily delegate to the team members that you do hire. I see a lot of people who hire people just because they're stressed out and working all the time. But then when they hire people, they're not able to get a good return on that investment in that person because the person 
is not clear on what to do, how to do it, right? Two, be confident in your sales and marketing game. If you hire people before you have the revenue coming in, but you're sure you know how to get the sales, right? I'm comfortable with that investment. So I'll use myself as an example. In September, I hired another CPA to come in and help me. And it drastically changed my life, honestly. But I was comfortable doing that because my current revenue level in August, really it was July when I wrote the job description, July, August when I posted it and hired her, and then September when she started. Back in July, August, my revenue level was not where it needed to be to afford this person. But I was confident because I had invested the time in my sales and marketing machine that I knew that by the time she started, within a reasonable time period after that, I was so confident I was going to be able to make the sales that I felt comfortable hiring her. Okay. So make sure you've got processes tight and you're comfortable in your sales game. I guess on the flip side of that, right? I have seen a lot of clients who hire people just because they're feeling stressed and they say, well, everybody says hiring people and spending money on ads is the way to grow, right? Without having intention behind it, without having a strategy behind it. So I have seen clients who hire people They don't have a plan for how they're going to increase their sales to cover this person and get a return on this new hire. And then they end up either losing money, not able to pay themselves later, um, or having to let the person go. So have these things in place and then you hire team members. And when you hire the right team members, it is going to generate more time. The time I talked about, the brain space I talked about that I was able to use to take care of myself, to hang out with my family, to take a random Wednesday off when we had no childcare and not stress out about it, okay? Because I hired the right team members to do the things that needed to be done and I brought in the clients to more than pay for them and pay myself, all right? So the last thing I wanna talk about is what is the right hire? (laughs) So it depends on the business. There's no standard formula for this is the exact next person you need to hire. It depends on your business model. And again, it depends on the vision that you set for what do you want your life to look like? And what do you want to spend less time doing, but it needs to be done in your business, right? This is probably where I would start hiring. One thing I see a lot of people make the mistake of is they hire somebody who they want to pay not a ton of money because they're afraid to pay somebody a big salary, but then the expectations that they have for this person are so high that there's just a mismatch there, right? Expectation is I want somebody to come and fix all my processes for me and close sales calls and all these things, but you don't want to pay them to do that, right? So I think starting off hiring by figuring out where are you spending time in your business where your processes are tight, where you could easily outsource this work to somebody else, and then you can use that time to fill up your sales pipeline or take care of yourself, right? To get a good return on your time. I generally like to see people starting with hiring more administrative level tasks. And then as they grow their business step-by-step, then hiring a higher level and a higher level person. But There is going to be a point like I found back in March, April, 2021, I had 
two team members, and then a couple of contractors I was also managing. And it was a lot for me to be able to review all of their work, manage their time, manage the clients, do the sales, do the social media, do all the things. I was stressed out. And so there is going to be a point where you need to hire that higher level person to manage your team for you to handle all of the operations, right? And so again, it all goes back to being intentional about what is your profit strategy? What do you want your life to look like? What things do you want to be doing day in and day out in your life? And what do you not? But these, these things still need to happen in your business, right? For it to keep running. And how can you structure your business so that you can afford to hire a team and still reach your financial goals, right? That is what a solid profit strategy is all about. So the last thing I'll say is all of these things took time for me to implement. I had to realize that these things were a problem. I had to take the time and fix the underlying structure from fixing my packages, fixing my project management software system, fixing my onboarding processes, fixing the sales and marketing machine, all of these things. But once I got those things in place, the same things that enabled me to get to 20K a month, in recurring revenue to 25 to 30, I am going to use to get me to 40 and 50 and beyond this year, right? It's the business model. I have found the business model that works. I have found the strategy that works for me. And now I'm just going to keep executing on what works, which is boring, right? But a successful business is a boring one. All right. So I hope that this case study of what happened in my business, the things that I did, this was my experience. I hope that this helps you think about what are the things that you can implement in your business, really at any size, to get yourself to the next level, get yourself out of the weeds, stop feeling so stressed out and burned out all the time, okay? That is my my hope for you, all right? So I hope you enjoyed listening, and I will see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Now, I want you to go take some action. What's one thing you can do this week to create more profit in your business? Send me a DM on Instagram at youngcocfo and share your action item with me. If you have a question or topic you'd like me to dive into, or if you're feeling empowered about taking charge of your finances, let's continue the conversation. Go to profitandprosper.co to submit a question or topic for me to talk about on the show. And because we all profit and prosper better with friends, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, subscribe wherever you listen, and share the episode. Make sure you tag me at youngcocfo on Instagram so I can give you some love, and I'll see you in the next episode.